once you have that confidence, you will trust your voice. You will feel much more at ease with taking a stand or making a decision that maybe is not exactly aligned with what others tell you. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're joined here today by Lemore Bergman-Gross. She is a, a former uh, director of engineering uh, with over 20 years of experience uh, in that field and is now uh, a, a coach for engineering management. Uh, so Lemore, welcome. We're so happy to have you here today. Hi, Jason. Hi, Anthony. It's a pleasure being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, so if you'd like to just kind of go into a little bit about uh, your background, um, you know, your where you were born, raised, how you got into engineering, that sort of thing. We'd love to, to hear about that. Sure. So I uh, was born and raised in Israel, and that's where I live today. And um, I wasn't born with a keyboard in my hand, I would tell you that. Um, actually, the first time I learned how to code was in high school. And uh, it was nice. I wasn't like blown away, but it was nice. And um, when I was thinking about, so in Israel, we serve in the military and we have mandatory like uh, uh, time we have to serve. And uh, during the military, I started thinking about what I want to do, where do I want to go um, for college. And uh, I decided to try out programming. So back then, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> quite older than you too so and uh, there wasn't much there was no internet there wasn't like a, a, a way to learn like online so i went to to a course to learn uh programming and uh um and i actually liked it said okay i'll try before i buy right before i sign up for college i'll try i liked it. I said okay what can be what can go wrong it's nice good job you know and uh, make decent money so that's kind of how i ended up uh, starting uh, in uh, programming and um, that's what I did basically started coding and um, and at some point I realized that I wanted to go into leadership but at the beginning for the you know I just I was I was really wanted to learn and I was passionate about learning new things and exploring it was fun awesome so what was it about, or what sort of made the change in you that uh, made you want to take on leadership responsibilities as well? Yeah. Um, what happened was actually interesting. So I remember that I was uh, visiting a customer. I, I was working on uh, in back then with clients. So it was like professional services kind of work. And, uh, and I was in North Carolina. On, in a client visit, and I got a phone call from my manager calling from Israel, congratulating me for being promoted to a staff engineer. And at the first minute, I was happy, but I remember that after I uh, I uh, hung up the phone and I started thinking, I said, "Hmm, I actually I'm not sure I'm happy about it," uh, because uh, it was the staff engineer was where when 
it was like a split in the um, career path between IC and uh, manager. So the equivalent to staff engineer would be an engineering manager. And I started thinking, okay, actually I do want to become a manager because I liked working with people. I liked also working with clients. I had like natural tendency to lead things. And uh, I also, when I looked at other role models, like staff and senior staff, I, I used to work back then in Sun Microsystems, a great company that I uh, really miss. Uh, I didn't see myself there. I didn't see myself going very deep. I didn't see myself like continuing on that path. That's, I think, was the, the, the time that I realized that that's what I wanted. It took me several years to get there, though. Once you started off down that path, did you quickly realize that you'd made the right choice or did you have any you know, concerns that maybe that wasn't quite what you wanted to do and, and second guess yourself? When I uh, started managing? Yeah, right when you started on that management journey. Uh, I second guessed myself a lot because I was terrified, to be honest with you. It was uh, very intimidating. I actually started managing. So I applied to, to a manager position when I was eight months pregnant with my second child. And I didn't even know if they'll accept me for that role and I got it when I was still on maternity leave and I got back think about it I got back from maternity leave to a few months away from work and I start managing a team and it was a big team and uh, I was intimidated uh, very much so and I didn't know what I was doing so I knew that that was the right path for me but I was really scared was really hard at the beginning my manager was traveling a lot he didn't really have time to mentor me and I was looking for help so um so I think like the first uh, thing that I, I do with managers today is like I, I help them and I think that uh, either mentoring or coaching is really important when you start out on a new role whether it's management or, or something else because a lot of times you're there by yourself and there is no one to guide you yeah, that's a that's a very familiar story, um, and and I've heard a bunch of times that, you know, you need friction to experience growth. So like being kind of on your own, thrown in the deep end, handed a bunch of people who rely on you to give them guidance is, it is scary, but that's that's the way you do it, right? Like yeah, one problem at a time. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, actually, I want to go back just a little bit. You had talked about you, know, you want to try it before you buy it. Do you remember the the project you decided to pick up? Like, what was the program you wrote? Oh my god, uh, I, uh, I didn't write anything uh, like really fancy. It was like I remember that we we learned Pascal back then. Actually, it was a good first language, relatively easy. And uh, I don't remember, it was so many years ago, I don't remember even what it was, but it wasn't something really big. But I enjoyed actually the, logic, the logical thinking of a problem and how do you actually create an algorithm to solve a problem. I really enjoyed the, the thinking process that went along, not just the coding itself. And then trying to write a piece of code that actually does something then it doesn't work and then yep. you try again and <laughs> yep. I, I really enjoy the process yeah one of the interesting so i think we can all sort of speak to this because we're all you know we're all engineers here that one of the appeals of writing code is like the logical nature of it but then when you move into management it shifts and it's all emotional and it's like a whole new set of skills you need to learn yeah 
that shift from yeah. dealing with technical problems to people problems was one of the sort of most radical mindset shifts I've experienced in my career. And it's, it, it takes time to overcome it. I know. Yeah. It's not easy and it's not for everyone. I think one of the challenges that I've seen in many companies, I don't think it maybe less exists today that many companies, the only path to move forward was go into a management position. And it's not for everyone because a lot of people, <laughs> they don't want to deal with all the drama. They don't want to deal with all those things. And they just want to write code or they want to go very deep, maybe going into architecture or maybe trying to think strategic, but in a more technical manner and less so about managing people. For me, I think because I think I have the skills, like I really get along with a lot of people. I know how to communicate effectively to different people and many, many very unique personalities that I had a chance to work with. Then I think it was the right move for me, but I have met people and I have coached people that moved into management and then realized that that wasn't really the best fit for them. And I think like, like we talked about that I tried before I buy, it's good to experiment. If you think about turning into a management role and you think that's the right path, maybe, maybe there are opportunities to lead something. Maybe to lead a small team, to lead a project, to see how the interactions with people, influence and all that, giving feedback, how you feel about it. Yeah, it's hard at the beginning, but really, are you enjoying it? Do you feel like you're making an impact? Do you feel like that's utilizing your strength? Right. And, and if it's not for you, there's, it's not a bad thing. Like you've, you've learned something about yourself and there's a totally separate, like you mentioned earlier, there's a totally separate track for deep engineering and you can like really get into the weeds and specialize in something, you know, pretty complicated if you wanted to. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that there are multiple ways you can go about, it, right. You can go deep technically, you can go into product. I mean, there are so many options you can go to, you can go into sales route, maybe not to be an account executive, but being like the technical person that goes with the sales people, like there are different roles that are technical, but are more aligned with sales. I mean, there are so many options. Yeah. 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 So I want to um, shift gears a little bit here and ask, um, you know, thinking back to your, your upbringing and the culture, like, was there any moments that helped like solidify how you conduct yourself today or any, any life experiences that have shaped how you show up in the world? I don't know. I mean, uh, there are so many experiences. I think that uh, I learned really that uh, you really have to put yourself out there and experience. And I'll tell you like one really good experience that I had. So I'm, I consider myself introverted, uh, although I try to expand it all the time, right? Why, by speaking on podcast, by doing a lot of things. But I remember that um, when I worked as an engineer and I worked at Sun Microsystems and there was an annual conference called Java One, and maybe it still exists under Oracle, but, and that was like the holy grail for Java developers. And I really wanted to go there. And in order to go there, and be paid for the travel and all that, I had to be paid. I had to be, sorry, uh, be accepted for speaking. Like, Got it. it can be a session or a buff or something smaller. And uh, 
and I was so determined that I wanted to go that I actually applied for, for a talk and I, I was accepted. And that was a huge step outside my comfort zone, huge step. I was so intimidated by speaking in front of a crowd and I was not that good either that time. But I think that that experience really taught me that, yes, you may not be good at the beginning, but really doing something that is really getting you out of your comfort zone and doing it again and again, eventually you'll get there. So in order to grow, you really have to become uncomfortable and try different things. And no one is uh, kind of uh, being born with the mic in their hand. Some people are more natural than others, but you can really build your skills. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the theme of today's podcast is growth lives <laughs> in the uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so other than that speaking uh, engagement, which I assume is probably a, a pretty cool achievement uh, that you've had, if you think about the the 20 years you've had uh, in the industry, what are some other sort of key achievements that you, you've had that you're particularly proud of when you look back on them? And, and how did those help you to kind of steer uh, yourself and, and your career? I mean, I, I'm proud of the changes that I, I made despite challenges and uh, what other people told me I should or shouldn't do. So I'll give you several examples. The first one I already gave you that I applied to a manager position when I was pregnant. I was like eight months pregnant and I applied for a, a position and, and, I, and I got it and I started doing that when returning from maternity leave. And then the second thing was when my husband was offered a relocation in the U.S. and I had back then four kids already. So <laughs> I had twins and they're my third and fourth and the I said, yes, let's, initially I was hesitant, but eventually I said, yeah, let's do it. I left uh, my job and we moved and I was with four very young children and I just made a transition and find a job in the U.S. And, and then I moved different jobs and we moved, you know, within the U.S. And then the other big change that I made was starting working fully remote for DigitalOcean. And I started managing remote for the first time. And... You know, and, and then we moved back here and, and I uh, said, okay, now I want to become something else. I don't want to continue that path. So making those changes, despite what people, you know, some people may told me, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should do that. You know, I, I kind of stick to what I believed was the right thing to do. And I just did it. I'm not saying it was yeah. easy. I'm not saying it was always smooth but uh, just figuring out what what i wanted and just doing it it sounds like trusting yourself is a big big part of uh, of who you are yeah. which is that's really good so to, if you can maybe also think about i mean you mentioned sort of briefly some of the challenges uh, and i'm sure that you faced many of them uh the, the you know anthony and i probably have never seen by virtue of the fact that you're a woman in a male-dominated industry. Um, you talk about some of uh, the challenges that you've experienced and how you've overcome them and how you help other people now overcome those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, uh, I must say, I never 
saw myself as a victim. I don't believe in the victim mentality. I always try to do whatever I can. But there were several cases where I felt that there were bias against me. And biases are not from kind of bad intentions. They just happen. Uh, so there was a bias against me at the beginning um, against leadership, basically. Luckily, I was, I was, you know, I got the opportunity to become a manager, like that role I told you about. But before that, you know, I saw other people getting advanced and I wasn't. And it was very frustrating. And when I moved to the U.S., it was hard getting my first job because I was an immigrant. English is not my first language. I had this weird visa that no one knew what to do with. So it was challenging to get my first kind of foot in the door as a woman, you know, um, in in this uh, field. When I wanted to become a director, there was a bias against me, whether I'm you know, some people didn't think I should be promoted to a director, although they didn't know me very well. And I remember one of the jobs didn't want to accept me. I found that, you know, in hindsight, because they thought I'm not charismatic enough. Uh, but, you know, so there are a lot of biases. I chose just to, you know, see that as biases and try to find allies, to find people who believed in me. I think that it's important really to find people who believe in you. They are not necessarily women, by the way. The people who supported me the most in my career were actually men. And uh, finding those people who know you, who appreciate you, and who can advocate for you. And what I do today when I work with women, I'm just a sounding board for them. I, I'm helping them to gain confidence in themselves, believe in, in, in their value, in what they bring, and to listen to their inner voice. Because a lot of times what happens is that those women, they hear different feedback from managers, a lot of times male managers, they tell them what they are and what they are not. Well, you know, they know the right things for them. So just finding their true authentic voice, understanding their value, appreciating it. I give them the courage, basically. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And we're constantly surrounded by noise from the external world. And like giving yourself space to have your own thoughts is important. So, yeah. you know, you're saying listen to your inner voice. It's hard to listen to your inner voice when you're constantly bombarded by input from outside. So do you have, do you have a, like, I don't know if this is like a meditative practice or something like that, where you basically give yourself time to hear your own thoughts and then decide what you need to do next? Or do, or do you just know, you know, is it instinctive? Usually, you know. Usually, you know what is the right thing to do. But a lot of times, you are you you don't trust yourself enough. And I think it goes a lot about confidence, about having confidence in yourself, and trusting yourself that you know the best. One of my former managers told me, "Trust your intuition, trust your voice." And, but in order to get there, you really need to become confident in yourself. So do whatever makes you feel confident. I think it's it, there are multiple ways to do that. So first of all, always seek feedback, genuine feedback from people you trust and work on improving yourself. Surround yourself with people who lift you up, with people who are supportive of you, 
who are positive, right? And stay away from maybe those energy vampires, those people that are negative. In any, <laughs> any uh, you know, company or, you know, in your life, there are some people like that. They're not necessarily mean, just the way they are. Just <laughs> keep them a little bit in a distance and, and do things that makes you feel good. I mean, I am a strong believer in doing some kind of physical activity because it really helps not just your body, but also your mindset. Do something that makes you feel good, that can give you a sense of accomplishment. Find communities that you feel like you belong and support you. So it's all kind of about building your confidence. Once you have that confidence, you will trust your voice. You will feel much more at ease with taking a stand or making a decision that maybe is not exactly aligned with what others tell you. Thanks for saying that. I, I think that's spot on. Yeah, and, and I see it like in myself where, like you said, taking care of your own personal health, making sure you have good quality relationships, making small bets so that you can validate that you actually do know what it is that you're talking about. And then over time, you can make bigger bets and trust your intuition to make even bigger leaps. Right? Like that's, that's how you can, um, I don't know, do great things, I guess. Yeah. So I want to um, just move on to like, let's, let's look into the future for you. Um, what are some of the short and maybe long-term goals that you have coming up? Yeah. Um, so what I want to do, I want to create, so right now I'm focused on, on one-on-one -on -one coaching and mostly women. I also work with men, but my passion is women in, in engineering leadership. And I also run several group programs. I want to do more group programs because I feel like for women, they really need to bond with each other. I mean, th there is some power in a group that is not within a one-on-one. -on -one. So I want to create more programs for women around confidence, about negotiation, persuasion. One of the things that they see, not just women, by the way, engineers struggle with is persuasion and negotiation. That's really big. So I have several circles that are run around that and I want to do more with that and overall like see how i can increase my impact so the way i think i want to do that is by having group programs and also some eventually in the future some recorded content that will be also more accessible for the masses that's very cool yeah that that's very cool uh i'm a very strong believer uh, in like diversity of all kinds in just about every industry that exists uh and so being able to empower uh, women, especially to kind of find their voice and, and be more represented, especially in the higher tiers of, uh, of engineering uh, is a really cool endeavor. Uh, and so uh, anything we can do to try and help you uh, along that, that mission, uh, we'll certainly try. Yeah, I mean, I think that everyone, if you see a woman, you know, a fellow engineer, just help provide mentoring, support, even just kind word or boost of confidence goes a long way. Is there any 
any other call to action that you might uh, make to, to us and our listeners on, on how we, uh, we can help you accomplish your goals? And Just follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's, the handle is Limor Bergman. And uh, feel free to DM me with any questions you have. I would love to hear from you. All right. Anthony, anything else? No, this was really, uh, this was really great. I agree with all of that. You know, I mean, you, you said it beautifully and just to, to remind all the people listening, like, you know, if you're afraid to reach out, growth lives in discomfort. So <laughs> yeah, just, just do it. It'll, it's a, it's a small, it's a small leap. Yeah. All right, Lamore, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. It was a great conversation. We really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to us. Thank you so much, Jason and Anthony, for having me today.